and my board. I got shot in the pancreas and I recovered. No brain damage from the septic shock like everybody figured I'd have. You know my feelings. Every day is a gift. It's just, doesn't have to be a pair of socks. Does it? Can it be a good gift? Welcome, my friends, to Cut to Black, a Soprano sit-down. My name is Jim Scampoli, and I've seen every single episode of The Sopranos. My name is Jacob Burrows, and I've seen 74 episodes of The Pro- oh, Jesus Christ. Of The Sopranos, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the most recent one is uh, The Ride. I should know the name by now. The most recent one is The Ride episode. Uh, we're already on episode 9 of season 6. Wow. Um, but uh, who put this episode together, Jim? This episode is written by Terrence Winter and directed by Alan Taylor. We've heard those names before. I'm sure we'll hear them again. Uh, it originally aired May 7th, 2006. Um, so, I mean, I guess we can kind of just get right into it. Uh, Chris got a girl pregnant, so he's going to get married. <laughs> yeah, of course he is. And has this? have we seen this girl at all before? I don't remember seeing her. No, th- this is her first episode. It's kind of like a perfect way to introduce her to because it's, you know, it is just kind of being like, this is a impromptu Adriana replacement. And, you know, let's just let's just fill the hole here. Let's just go for it. Um, now, do you recognize her? Should I? Um no, I, I didn't. Uh, I don't think I did. Uh, the, the actress is, um, shoot, what's her name? Uh, Cara Buono. And you may know her also as Mike Wheeler's uh, mother on Stranger Things. Oh, really? <laughs> Interesting, Interesting, huh? Yes, I would, I would not have... Uh, <laughs> I would not have put that together, no. Yeah, no she's all hot for the young dudes on Stranger Things these days. Mm, she's a brunette there, yeah. yeah. I remember now. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, of all the mothers, she's not, I mean, she's not the most important mother in that show, but um, she was also in Mad Men, I guess. Um, but I'd say seminal breakout role right here. Oh, she's in Let the Right One In. Is, oh, Let Me In, different film. Never mind. It's the remake. Yeah. It's the American remake. All right. Let me in. No, the, too, yeah. too long of a title. Can't, can't have all those words in there. I oh, the, the American remake of the... It's a Swedish classic, right? It is. That yeah. it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Damn, Empire you, film. you get to watch Let the Right One In without subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, cause I envy you. No language and everything. It's a great movie if people haven't seen it. Uh, the, the original. Let Me yeah. In's all okay, but, you know, if you if you could check it out, check out uh, Let the Right One In. Or Lotanatikoma in, as we would say in my country. <laughs> yes. Uh, but anyway, she uh, she's talking about going to the clinic tomorrow, and so, I'm so sorry, uh, it is my fault. And Christopher's like, let's get married, like you said. Um, it feels he does say, I think later, maybe or maybe it's here that his no, it's here that his uh, last girlfriend, who probably pregnant with some other guys, uh, yeah. baby. Couldn't get pregnant. Um, yeah, my ex wanted a kid. Yeah, my ex yeah. couldn't have kids. I always wanted them so bad, and yeah, now she's probably having some other guys' kids. Because <laughs> uh, I do. Anytime aid comes up, they have to make these comments. Because clearly, everyone knows it was a monstrous thing that they did to poor Adriana. So they have to 
make themselves feel better, I guess. They're always like, cause remember when Tony's like, she was a cunt. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. I think this, uh, this episode is largely about that. Obviously. I mean, it's a lot of with Christopher and Christopher dealing with the whole thing and him immediately jumping on getting married to someone else and moving into a nice house and, getting the building blocks uh, as he says to Tony like a family and that um that all feels like a way of dealing with uh, what he did so there and also drugs yes yeah drugs so disappointed. I'm so disappointed in Christopher but there you go yeah. uh we have Polly and Patsy going to the church they're talking about the upcoming saint what's saint what's the saint's name again uh hold on i had it right here uh saint elzier uh, yes. According to Soprano Sessions, uh, St. Elzir was a French nobleman who died at 38 and who chose to honor his wife's lifelong vow of chastity, which means that Tony, Polly, Chris, and the guys spend much of this episode paying homage to a man whose life they would do anything to avoid. <laughs> honor his wife's chastity. Yes. And, okay. Uh, and they, like, dress this statue in money and... Uh, Jim, explain all of this, please. Could you well, explain any of all of this? I don't know this specific uh, saint, but they do have, um, like, I think a big one is what, the St. Gennaro Festival? Well, they have that here in Vegas. I think they have that in uh, New York as well. Uh, it's yeah, like They have these Italian food festivals. It's like what you see. It's kind of like a carnival. Um, and, you know, yeah, you celebrate. You're celebrating... Italian culture and, you know, like, of course, uh, Catholicism to an extent and whatever the saint is. I don't know this specific saint, but I've seen, you know, similar things to this. Mm. Yeah, it's um, it's a big festival. It's a big uh, thing that's been going on for years here. And Polly's in charge of it, I suppose, uh, from what we gather in the next scene where he walks into the church and deals with some new uh, pastor or what have you who um, explains... Uh, that uh, 10,000's not very much anymore. Uh, We're going to need 50,000 as a donation. And uh, I, for once, don't feel bad about the mob. Uh, You know, (laughs) it's not like they're taking money from the church. It's like a negotiation of how much money are you going to give the church. And yes, I suppose it is true that... uh, they charge for rent on land that they don't, it's not like they own the land or anything. Um, so they probably make a big profit off it or if they have in the past, but, uh, you know, 10,000 still, uh, still some money. And it's like the Catholic priest here is doing some counter mob moves here, trying to up the, up the amount. Yeah. But also I, I get what he's doing here because, you know, yeah, the, we we got to take into account inflation. If they're paying them ten thousand back in Johnny Soprano, Johnny Boy Soprano's days, I, that's mm-hmm. got to be at least worth. I mean, he's throwing out fifty. Polly should have came back with a twenty-five. We get the golden hat. There's no curses put on anyone, uh, <laughs> and we can move on. <laughs> yeah, I felt like the golden hat wasn't that important, but then, <laughs> but uh, everyone, scum. Yeah. if you heard the people <laughs> in the crowd, where's his hat? They forgot his hat. They forgot his hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, he, he, um, oh, Paul, Paul says, well, uh, I think you might even be saying the same quote. Go ahead. That he, they need the money for their pedophilia. Yes, lawsuits that's exactly what there. I was going to. Yeah. It's like, Paul, does have a good comeback where he's like, yeah, you got plenty of money for your pedophile lawsuits. So I yeah, take that Catholic church. 
Yeah, they shake on it, walk out, and look at the little statue that they're going to carry around, and he goes, fuck that. (laughs) Great line. Um, But yeah, so um, Christopher comes in to the Bing, got a big old smile on his face, and lets them know that they're looking at a married man. They they, um, shot off to Atlantic City and got it done, I believe. Um, And uh, yeah, I I wondered, at the time I was like, he probably wants more of a to-do because it's pretty they're like yeah congratulations but then it's kind of like someone's calling about something i don't remember what but it's kind of like back to business um but that's his fault for going off and doing a quick thing and not having a prolonged uh engagement in which his uh fiance could become an fbi informant and he'd have to kill her (laughs) so you know both both methods have their upsides yeah in in chris's defense he was engaged to adriana for was like three years i feel it was a very long long engagement and yeah it didn't quite work out so let's just get married immediately let before anything (laughs) bad happens uh and yeah there's some business going on uh, tony's gonna need chris to go with him i think to like pittsburgh or something like that i do like that like they get specific with what they're talking about, but I don't really know specifically what they have to do. Something to do with tips or skimming or whatever the fuck. Who cares? It's mob stuff. This is Sopranos. Um, Polly does get a call here where I guess he misses appointment and he's like, what are you new? I'm Polly Walnuts. I don't pay for missed appointments, but you know, yeah. I guess another little foreshadowing of his doctor's calls that he's going to be getting and, then you know wanting to receive later on throughout the episode yeah and from what i can tell um tony and christopher go to pittsburgh or philadelphia i don't i'm not sure um and yeah they basically just shake hands like i don't know what they go there for <laughs> yeah it's something to do with like this guy i don't know if it's waste management stuff construction but you know there, there's crime afoot and they need to handle this business they got money coming in and they get lost on the way back um and but they map blasted it yeah i have no i i didn't look it up i was just like yeah i'm sure that's a relevant <laughs> reference for the time i was just like yeah sure map blast whatever yeah it is great because i was thinking the same thing i was like just use your gps oh yeah okay i guess he didn't have but even tony back then it wasn't that long ago he must have a nice enough car with gps but he doesn't yeah, and- uh christopher is like have we gone 0.7 miles from this or that at some point and it's like yeah i don't know where we are so <laughs> but it really reminded me i really hated getting anywhere uh, uh like yes. just 10 years ago it was the worst <laughs> absolutely yeah but now but now i mean now we're going off on a little bit but now it's like i don't know how to get anywhere <laughs> because it's like no my phone tells me where to go my phone says yes. take a right uh, it's yeah. great. It's a classic Sopranos thing because they just pull off to take a piss and they stumble upon a cool thing uh, to get involved. Well, cool if you're in crime, into crime and in, in the mafia. Because yeah. they see some bikers stealing some wine and it's like, Chris, you strapped? Let's do this. They roll up. And I was thinking like, okay, let's just grab a couple boxes. But they're there for a while loading boxes. Like they can't just oh, yeah. quit while they're ahead. Uh, so it gets to the point where the bikers come out and it's kind of like a little standoff because uh, Chris pulls his gun on them. They're with the Vipers. Uh, do you know who you're messing with? You know, that's hilarious to them. Oh, the guys are stealing an ATM. That's what was taking them yeah. so long because not to get the wine in the ATM. So presumably they're going to have a sort of Breaking Bad type ATM falls. Uh, well, no Breaking Bad spoilers, but try, they're going to spend a long time trying to crack open that ATM. Yes. Um, and 
yeah, it gets to gets to gunfire. It's all around. Um, they 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 get into a bit of a shootout there. Um, like you said, they could have just grabbed a couple of boxes, but hey, like fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when they're like, uh, "Oh, the Vipers," they bring that up several times later as like a joke. Oh, oh, we're the Vipers. And at first, when they said it, I was like, "Oh, maybe this is gonna come back." And then I'm like. Oh wait, no, I, I forgot. It's the Sopranos. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They're like in a different state. It's yeah. Not, they're not gonna go and find who this guy is, and he's on the news. Oh, we're gonna kill Tony Soprano. I, I remembered now. No, it's actually just so they can make fun of them later. <laughs> yeah, it's so they can laugh about the Vipers, uh, and it's also hilarious because. Tony's driving, they're in a shootout, Chris is hanging out the window shooting back at him, but he kind of gets one of them, and he's like, I got him, I fucking got him. He's like so excited that he, yeah. <laughs> that he shot one of them as they're driving. Um, and I like how, yeah, you do almost think, is this a thing, is this a problem? But then you remember, no, it's the Sopranos. It's just reminding us that like this is when they're truly happy. When they're causing yes. crime and <laughs> doing, you know, they, they don't get now that they're higher up, even because even Chris is now higher up in the food chain. They don't get a lot of action like this. It's just boring collections yeah. and shaking hands with construction guys and getting envelopes full of money. Now they're getting their hands dirty. They're sh they're firing their guns, driving around. Um, so they get to go to a restaurant. Uh, I mean, I don't drink wine or anything, but I didn't even realize, I guess. You can go to a restaurant and bring your own wine. I mean, he says something about a cork fee. I don't know if that's a joke or if that's a real thing. Yeah, I don't know either, uh, but I, th I, I would think it's a real thing. It's got to be um, right. I'm just, I'm, I'm yeah. not as, uh, uh, you know, highbrow as Tony Soprano. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. Well, I've seen uh, places that have like. They don't call it a corkage fee. It just says BYOB on the on the outside, and it has, like, rules for BYOB, how much you have to, like, buy or pay or whatever, and you can just bring your own drink, I guess, which uh -huh. is in some restaurants. Uh, not quite as classy as this restaurant, but apparently, I mean, it could be, like, you have way fancier wine at home. You want to drink that wine with this particular meal, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah. So uh, they... Um, they get to drinking it, uh, including uh, Christopher having a sip. He's very tempted. I mean, they're having a good meal first, and they're laughing about, "Oh, we're the Vipers!" Ha ha ha. But yeah, well, it's but... really tempted by this wine. And not that it's Tony's fault, but Tony's doing what he shouldn't be doing here because he's basically telling Chris it's okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, given Chris still takes has to take responsibility for his own choices and his own self control, but. It's not a good thing. This is not something you do to someone who's, uh, you know, an alcoholic or someone who is, you know, addicted uh, because he's like, hey, it's all, you know, you can celebrate your your baby and your and your nuptials because that's something addicts will already do in their own head. They don't need someone else doing it. And then Tony yeah. even has to put the capper on it when they're leaving. He's like, oh, we'll have another We'll take another bottle out and hang out and drink. Uh, I do want to call out real quick when Tony's eating here and he does the, oh, we're the Vipers and does his scared face. I've seen that picture a lot because they use it in memes. And I was I, I had no idea, like, because like, I haven't really rewatched these later episodes a ton. Uh, <laughs> but the common one where you see that is they'll, sh they'll have a picture of Noah Tenenbaum, you know, Meadow's black boyfriend from season three or whatever, when he has the line where he's like, He's lucky I didn't punch his lights out. 
And then the, underneath it is this picture of Tony <laughs> being scared, and he's going, oh, no, it's Noah Tenenbaum. So I just want to call out that meme. It's a great one. Okay, it's, it's <laughs> meme makes no sense to me. I look for, well. I wouldn't say I look forward to it, but once I have consumed all of the Sopranos, you can bet I'm going to be diving into the internet and yeah. all of the media and all of the memes surrounding the Sopranos. I'll be following all the Sopranos Twitters. Yes, and it's going to be a little bit late because <laughs> we've been talking about this for years. Uh, but I'm going to get to that point, and it's, uh, it's good to know that you caught where that face was from. Um, so it's a good face. It's a good face. It can be used for it. Um, now, with Christopher, I feel like he he already did, like, a bunch of coke in Hollywood, like, this two episodes true. ago. Yeah, so I'm kind of like, ah, Tony's right. This is not such a big deal. But apparently it is, because I, I guess because of Adriana and the baby and everything, yep. it just causes... Th- this, is way, this is a way slippery slope that you want to not get on. But I guess you do. Yeah, because uh, it, it makes sense, because... You know, now that Chris has got a baby on the way and he did get married, it's it's got to be even more in his face that like, oh, well, this would have been Adriana. I would have married Adriana. And then, of course, everything that happened. And as they're bonding outside the restaurant, they even say, like, you know, we got a bond. Um, we get a flashback to the Adriana reveal, which I guess was originally record uh, filmed for that episode. Like it was supposed to be a part of the episode where Adriana gets uh, whacked. But, I mean, they cut it out to have more of the mystery and the tension, which is such a great choice because if this scene was in that episode, I mean, it wouldn't be a bad episode, but it's such a better choice to not have that there. And it's kind of fun that they were able to figure out a way to still use it. Yeah, and, like, I guess they still could have done the sort of twist where she's driving off, like... Um, to LA or whatever, and then she's not. Yeah, now, like, you could have that twist, but then you'd immediately know that she was dead after that, and you don't uh, with the way they did it. I agree, but this is also I can see why they were like, let's write an episode where we can use that scene because this almost feels like that yeah. um, because it does make perfect sense in the episode. Uh, but yeah, so in a weird way, it it holds a lot of it as well because because we can see all of this anguish that he's going through there. And as we come out of the uh, flashback, I think they tell each other that they love each other. And that's all very nice. Have a sweet moment. But all of that pain makes it make more sense when he relapses in a more major way later in the episode. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of also makes sense with what he's doing. They cut to the next scene. They're looking at a house. And he just want, he's like, oh, we're buying it. If it's got an inside, we're buying it. Because... He is like making up for lost time, I guess. Like you got to fast track this and have a house and yeah. a family because I technically probably would have had this by now. Uh, yeah. And I'm tr- and also I feel really bad and hurt over this Adriana thing. Maybe I'll fill it in with a new wife and a house and a family, and I won't I won't have to worry or be sad about that anymore. Um, yeah. And then we yeah we're back at the festival. Uh, P- Paulie's what nickel and diamond still. He's counting money and. Uh, collecting from the vendors, and we're already getting the hints that he's—he's. He's, they're taking some shortcuts because it's Paulie. He's trying to maximize profits here. I will say this does seem like a great festival. I wouldn't mind having this one, even if they have to pay for the gold hat or whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, seems like a good time. I because first I'm like, this is a weird tradition, especially like I, this is later. But eating contests, I. 
I think that's a an American patent patented thing. I've <laughs> yeah. never seen anyone do an eating contest on this side of the Atlantic, but it seems prevalent. But it's just very. It's such an. It's very American, Jim. I'm gonna say yeah. that. It's it's a, a bit strange to see this table, and it's a cannoli eating contest as well. <laughs> so they're just stuffing their faces and all that. But that's later. But all in all, it seems like a great time. They got the lights, they got the rides, and the food and everything. I I, I wouldn't mind going. Yeah, all the visuals are great too at the festival. And I mean, as we see later on in Chris's like drug montage. Uh, but here we have Phil and Tony. They're talking about what they got some. They boosted a truck of like vitamins or something like that, multivitamins. And they're like, oh, shit, this is great. Like, <laughs> I love how it's like always mundane things. And they're like, oh, cool. Uh, needs to be unloaded tonight. Um, yeah. But then, you know, finally, Phil is making like more of a play here because, hey, maybe we should spare John the stress of hearing about this. And Tony goes along with it. And, you know, this is kind of setting the tone where, uh, you know, poor Johnny Sack, out of sight, out of mind for too long. No one's going to respect you. Never mind his crying fit he had at his daughter's uh, <laughs> wedding. So uh, he's kind of almost Uncle Junior status, I guess. Yeah. And it weirdly makes sense because Tony's like, it's got to happen tonight. And what are they going to do? Like, oh, I'm just going to swing around the prison. Oh, wait, uh, visiting hours are not now yeah um but i guess yeah they could just go here's your cut or whatever but they're just like ah, yeah, he doesn't need to know whatever it's a quick deal and i guess like you said it's always mundane stuff like vitamins but i guess if you think about it multivitamins have to be like way easier to pawn off than like some famous expensive painting or whatever because <laughs> yeah anyone will go like yeah i'll pay a few pay a few bucks for this or that uh yeah. and need it you can probably sell them in bulk very easily no one's gonna ask where these vitamins are from you know yep yeah, and then Tony sees Juliana on one of the rides, uh, and he waves to her, but she's all caught up in, in the ride, you know, the titular, uh, the title of the episode. And he's kind of like, I don't know if he like doesn't have respect for her or if he's sad that she doesn't notice him, but, you know, he has a moment there. Yeah, uh, I was like, who's this? <laughs> and I watched this episode right after the other one, and I was still like, who this? Is this? <laughs> yeah. Did he think that was new episode? Meadows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I didn't think she would be uh, in any more of this. But yeah, she's and, in there, and I didn't realize her uh, real name. The actress is also Juliana, which is why I was confused on the cast list uh, there, looking yes. her up. And yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it's not like deep to call this out. It's plain view of the episode of because Tony is judging people for riding theme park rides, and as we hear at the kind of a piece of the conversation with Melfi at the, that we used at the clip of the episode. Uh, he talks about how people are bored, and that's why they, they wait in line for an hour uh, for 90 seconds of fun and throwing up. And, I, you know, I take this very personally because I'm a theme park guy. I go to theme parks all the time. But, you know, Tony's theme park is boosting wine and getting into a shootout. That's his ride. And as yep. we see, like... Uh, throughout the episode, you're always chasing that high, whether it's like you want to go on the next ride or the wine loses its pop and it's not like the memory isn't as fun anymore. The you, You're trying to recapture it. Even the baby that almost died, if you ask Janice Soprano on the ride, still wants to go back on the ride. Uh, so we're all just chasing that. And then, and then of course, Christopher is chasing his own yeah. dragon, uh, chasing the next high. So it all works. Yeah, he's on the wildest ride of all. Drugs. Uh, the drugs ride. <laughs> yeah. Um, Carmela spots um, 
Aid's uh, mom. Yeah, right. Yeah. Adriana's mother. That's it. And so she she's telling the company line. She's like, oh, she ran off or whatever. But um, <laughs> Aid's mom is not buying it. And uh, as I recall, they didn't have the best relationship, her and Aid. Uh, or maybe I'm wrong, or maybe they did. I, I just remember him, Christopher, coming and kicking the door in when he proposed to her or whatever. But anyway, in short, she tells Carmela that Aid's fucking dead. Open your eyes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, oh, you're drunk. <laughs> she's like, I haven't had a drink in years. I'm fucking depressed because my daughter's <laughs> dead. And she brings it up by saying, like, how's your daughter? Oh, mine's yeah. dead. Um, and I think we've They've hinted enough that Carmilla kind of understands that's probably is the truth. But, you know, she has people tell her stuff straight to her face all the time. But you don't want to believe that that's the reality you live in. Uh, You know, she had the Jewish rabbi tell her that you need to leave and give this all up. But she she didn't. But she could never well, tell. She's not Jewish, is she? So yeah. she, why would she even listen to that? Oh, well, I guess maybe he was the therapist. Yeah. I don't remember. Well, <laughs> she can never say that you've never been told. Uh, and this, especially with Adriana's death now, uh, I guess there's no body, as Tony points out later. <laughs> but so yeah, Tony's got all sorts of uh, uh, information on domestic violence. Well, it's um, great because uh, even at the beginning, when before Carmela talks to her, she's like, "Because Meadows like, isn't that Aid's mom?" And then Carmela's like, "Oh, she looks awful." <laughs> and it's like, yeah. "Yeah, she's had a fucking horrible two years." <laughs> yep. Um, so we have Christopher in the car with this, uh, junky Italian middleman guy. Um, and yeah, he's ranting about how it's going to be great for his kid. How it's going to be clean. He's going to be proud. Wait till you see this place. You'll probably come over oh. for like Christmas or Thanksgiving. And it's like, oh, Christopher really needs friends, huh? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of like the thing throughout the episode, too, because like we as we see throughout the episodes, it's not like Polly doesn't have friends either. Like yep. these people don't have friends. And they kind of in this discussion of this episode in the Soprano session, uh, Seppenwall does point out like, you know, people try to crit- criticize this show for glorifying like the mob violence or whatever, but you'd have to really miss that these people are all pathetic and lonely hypocrites. Like, there's there's more going on here. And, yeah, the yep. fact that he's like, you'll come over Christmas, Christmas Eve. It's like, no, he won't. <laughs> imagine. Imagine if he did. Yeah, I can imagine it. Uh, it would not be – I mean, it would be a, gr- it would be a great scene. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, he's he doesn't have all the money for him, but it's okay. I put a little bonus in there just yeah. for you. And he's like – so first of all, keep, people keep asking Christopher if it's cool if they do drugs and or alcohol in front of him. Yeah. And Christopher is so relaxed and cool about it. Like, I, I remember a little Carmine being more considerate than Tony was in this episode when he's like, is this going to be okay? Because, like, he's going to be drinking or whatever. And Christopher's like, yeah, no, it's fine. And it wasn't fine then. Yeah. But Tony didn't even ask. And this guy asks. So Tony's the worst out of those three, I guess. And... Um, yeah, yeah Chris, so Chris tells just, him uh, to uh, rock out with his cock out, uh, and <laughs> but but get your ass to rehab. But I mean, yeah, yeah I could have a uh, little bit, but like I still mean it. Get I could. Rehab. Well, he could just toots. I'll just toot some. He says because he just snorts some instead. Because it's like, oh, can you imagine if he was shooting up? No way. But seriously, you gotta you gotta get some help for this. And even the guys like, yeah, definitely. And that, I mean. 
I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't know like junkies per se, but I definitely know people that get fucked up on, you know, whether it be opiates and shit like that, like from back home, back east or people I've known in the past around here. And that is how they talk. They're all, like, if you ever run into them, they're like, yeah, I'm clean now. And it's like, you know, they're not. It's like, no, you're yeah. not. And I mean, it's sad. I'm not like judging them, but it's like, you know, that's how people talk. Like, oh, yeah, I got to get help for this as you're shooting up. Uh, and I love the the cut here because, you know, he's lovingly looking at him shoot up and then it kind of like almost cuts where the reveal is like he's shooting up. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like, you know, it's 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 uh, seamless there. Uh, and then he's like puking and high and uh, all the shots like with him outside the fair with the lights and the way it's all going. And him and his, like an abandoned dog. <laughs> yeah, fondling the dog. Yeah, yeah. She's just trying to get him his hot dog, but yeah, just feeling his fur. Um, part of me's thinking know, some... like, you should bring that dog to your new house, man. Like, <laughs> start a yeah, tradition. Yeah, just like you're bringing your, your... Drug, drug friend for Halloween or whatever. Um, yeah, something happened when I, I don't know how old I was, but when I first watched Breaking Bad, I, it didn't bother me. And I got to a point where there was a lot of heroin being done in season uh, two, I yeah. guess, or three. And uh, and it bothered me a lot. Like, it makes me physically uncomfortable. And I think maybe it's because I watched some documentaries where you actually watch people shoot up and it was like, ah, this is horrible. Yeah. And it's sort of ingrained in me. So scenes like this, uh, more than anything, make me really uncomfortable. Even afterwards when he's just high and watching things and the music and whatever, those types of scenes uh, make me really uncomfortable. So well done. It is beautiful, though. Yeah, yeah. Shot of the moon as the plane goes by. Uh, I just love the, I mean, it's the lights in the background and then when the fair's shutting down and he's just fucking yeah. passed out on a crate, but like no one's even concerned. Like it's like, oh, just another junkie. Like we'll have to get rid of him soon, but let's clean up so we can get the fuck out of here first. Yeah. Um, lights going off one by one. That's a great shot in oh, tune to yeah. the music as well or in beat to the music. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, fair still going on. Um, Paulie's sitting in the uh, in the cop car, like because uh, he's running shit, I guess, uh, paying for protection or something. Um, and they break the statue out, and everyone's asking where his golden hat is. You know what I just uh, realized is that one of the old ladies is it the racist lady from the previous episode? Yeah. <laughs> oh, great! I didn't even I didn't pick that up till just now as I'm skimming through it. The one who asked about the golden hat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of them. Uh, the guy says they forgot about it. But yeah, I, the whole dressing him in money thing is... Yeah, I don't weird, get that right? either. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. I don't know that... I guess because it's like you're giving to the church. Because the whole idea, I guess, is supposed to be you're giving to the church. And you're giving back. And the church is supposed to then in turn... Like the what the priest had mentioned at the beginning of the episode. You know, they set up food banks. They That goes back into the community. Except most of it goes into Paulie's pocket, Tony's pocket, you know, or even some of the vendors. Uh, and then a little bit kind of gets back to the community. Very good. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, the next scene, Tony's kind of in the kitchen looking for something to eat. But uh, Carmela uh, wants to bring something up. She's been debating whether to do it or not and uh, says that, you know, she thinks... Um, because she, she doesn't make the connection, obviously, that, like, yeah, Tony and the whole mob life killed her. Just that, uh, that uh, you know, maybe Christopher did it. And uh, he has a history of being loose with his hands or whatever she says. Hmm. And uh, 
And yeah, Tony starts laying out facts, you know, destroying her yes. with his mansplaining and his logic. <laughs> destroying, <laughs> destroying her with logic and facts. Destroying female emotion-driven <laughs> arguments with his logic, and also he's a murderer. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I mean, technically, Tony's not wrong because Christopher did not kill Adriana, so he's not lying. Uh, and because, yeah, what? Yeah, he beats her up sometimes. Was that makes him OJ? Uh, and yeah, it starts. Let me school you on some domestic violence here. And you know, this day and age with the DNA technology, you know, and from my bu- cop buddies, they tell me it would happen typically in the kitchen or the bedroom. And you know, they he wouldn't be able to get away with it. Uh, so yeah, he's definitely destroying our logic and facts. Hmm. Yeah, yes. And she, he's drinking wine as well. I don't know what time of day this is, but ah. there's a lot of wine being drunk because why wouldn't you when you have that much? Oh, and the timing's great because, yeah, he's sniffing the wine. And as he's schooling Carmilla, he says, you know, let's not sabotage Chris's progress. When Tony has already directly, even though we've seen that Chris did have his own slides, but he already did directly sabotage his progress by yeah. telling him to drink some wine. Exactly, and he's swirling it and <laughs> sniffing it, and like, yeah, great and, ending of the scene. It is great because even before he takes out the wine, like in the middle of the day, just as the camera's moving for, through the kitchen, like you see the that wine, a couple of the wine bottles are on like the counter, and that's a great thing. Sopranos always does. Like, I would almost half expect to see some multivitamins or something there too. Like going back yeah. to the episodes when they were liquidating. Um, the sport sporting goods shop uh, shop and everyone had those red coolers because <laughs> they yes. they all they just ordered a bunch of coolers and gave them to everybody. Uh, so even if he wasn't drinking the wine, I just love the detail that it's in the scene. Yeah, and for as much as how much of the episode circulates around both Polly and finding out that he's potentially sick and this whole ride thing, it's only now that that happens when yeah. way more than half the episode has has uh, gone on this is when um, uh, Polly's at the fair again he gets a call he needs uh, you know something to he needs a bit of an examination to see if it might be yeah don't worry about it but you know we're just gonna have to look it might be cancer and we know Polly so uh, that's yep. gonna that's gonna spin out of control and um, and then yeah we obviously have the ride as well as it crashes quite ominously this uh, cutting to the sparks and everything it was bad enough when uh, is, it, is his name Bobby Jr., I just assumed? Uh, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure Bobby Jr. Yeah, he's, like, forced into one of these teacups and sits in the small one. I think they do have some, you know, a, a fair bit of uh, grown-ups in the teacups, too. Um, obviously going with their children, most likely, but it's just very funny to have him there in his own teacup, <laughs> frowning as he's being spun around. <laughs> well, especially because she's like, no, she, she, uh, the baby wants to ride with her big brother, so that's like how she makes him get on the ride. And then he's like, but we're not going to fit. And she's like, well, then just ride on the other one and smile and wave. <laughs> so yes. it is even worse. Uh, and yeah, then as it's going, yeah, the sparks shoot out. The ride fucking like a gear or something comes out and it abruptly stops. A little Puerto Rican kid busts his teeth, loses some teeth. Uh, apparently someone broke a wrist. Um, and uh, it's it's great as it plays out later on when... There's mentions of lawsuits and stuff, and then all of a sudden Janice is wearing like a neck brace, and it's like, all right, cla- we haven't seen you, like we haven't had full focus on you for a while, Janice, but you're still Janice. It's good to know. Yeah, and when she's, 
when she's forcing Bobby to go in the little teacup, and also later when she's being very snippy with uh, Bobby Senior about him not being there and not doing anything about it, I'm I'm just like, can you imagine having Janice as like your stepmother? <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, cause because she's obviously not as bad as like her mother but she's pretty bad <laughs> like yes. in her own way just annoyingly bad in the way that the truth as as happens with a lot of the sopranos the truth isn't really relevant to what's going on in her mind and what she's going to argue with you about uh cuz like the baby doesn't want to go with her brother. The baby doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. But Janice is going to make you do it anyway because that's the reality she's building. And you're part of it now because we're family, bitch. Yeah, let's do this. Ride the fucking ride and shut up. Take that puss off your face. Take that sour puss off your face. <laughs> uh, then little Polly calls Polly up to let him know what's going on. The, there's a ride breakdown. The, the owner of the ride's talking to the cops. Uh, you know, what What are you telling me for? What am I, a dentist? <laughs> I don't know, I thought you wanted to know. Maybe you want to come down here. But Polly's dealing with, he's got his biopsy in the morning. He doesn't want to deal with any of this shit. Um, and Which is fair enough, I'd say. I mean, at the time, at least, I was like, yeah, yeah fair enough. But I guess it was, if Bobby hadn't been on that ride, it really wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> yeah. Or sorry, yeah, Bobby Jr. and, and, and so on. Uh, if Bobby didn't get involved, then it became a whole conflict. That's the only reason Tony cares. Tony doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, Tony doesn't care, but then he has to deal with it at their... Uh, I assume it's a Sunday dinner because, like, everyone's there. Bobby and Janice are there. Christopher's there with his uh, wife. Um, and they're kind of making racist jokes like, oh, these people, you know, the Puerto Ricans are going to come through with their lawsuits now. Oh, give them another excuse not to work. <laughs> Which It's always so great because they're such hypocrites. Um and, you know, Tony does make, uh, well, uh, Chris's wife makes a thing about, oh, you were right, Tony, this wine's great. And he's like, ah, it's lost its pop because, you know, it it's doesn't have that same, that same excitement tied to it anymore. He needs another shootout to kind of get the adrenaline flowing. Well, if you drink it every day, Tony, it's going to start <laughs> feeling like this is just what regular wine is. And then it's not going to be special. Yeah. If um, also, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I was just going to comment on my uh, obvious uh, face blindness as I earlier thought. Yeah, that's like Meadow in the ride, right? Or whatever. <laughs> and that, now when Christopher's wife is there, I'm like, for 90% of it is, I'm like, that's definitely Meadow. <laughs> that's definitely Meadow. He's sitting next to you, even though there's other shots with Meadow in them. Yeah, I was going like, to say yeah, Meadow, Meadow, right? Yeah, Meadow is there. But <laughs> I know. I know, Jim. But that's Meadow like a few years ago. And uh, this is Meadow now. That's uh, No, I, I, I did realize. I did realize it, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, did Tony forget so soon about like how he was gorging himself on that sushi all the time? And I, didn't that start to lose its pop as well? Like, you can't just be drinking it all the time, dude. Like, save for some special occasions. Um, and, yeah, so, as you said, Janice makes that comment, like, you know, what did you do about it? Uh, Bobby didn't do anything about it, even though he was taking his daughter to the bathroom. And then the next scene, we roll up. Uh, Janice has got the neck brace on. Uh, Bobby stomps, stomps into the motel room, or the ride owner beats him up, wants to collect some cash from him gets uh the news that Paulie's kind of skimping on stuff didn't didn't foot the bill for the maintenance or the the good team or whatever it might be uh now there's a beef between Bobby and Paulie yeah cuz he wouldn't pay for the A fleet or whatever yeah. and i'm like to have any of you met Paulie ever like is anyone surprised by <laughs> yeah. these revelations cuz he's kind of i mean yeah so he he gets someone to direct his anger at who i think 
uh, well, to, to direct Janice's anger at. His frustration at the way Janice is acting about this, because Janice is fine, and the baby's fine, uh, but because of the way she is, he's now frustrated. He has to put that somewhere, and this guy, he tries to grab a lamp, but Bobby just slaps him, um, and it's not a big enough fight, and I almost feel like he could have squeezed this guy for the money he wanted or whatever, but no, if it's Polly's fault, then I can. Then it's a bigger fight. So he's kind of looking for that yep. conflict here because of the frustration. Yeah, and he calls him out in front of everybody um, at the festival, uh, and you know he's like, "Yeah, my baby was on there, my wife was there," and then Polly's what, like, "Fuck you, <laughs> fuck your wife," <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, there's there's some beef, there's some beef brewing. Uh, then we have Tony with Melfi, and that's kind of where we heard some of the clips from the start of the show, uh, where they're talking about rides, and people are chasing these adrenaline rushes, I guess, because they're bored. And even, because even Tony, like, it comes up, every day is a gift, but it doesn't have to be a pair of socks, because, you know, even the, even the veneer of his near-death experience is kind of waning a bit i guess it's not as fresh yeah. it's just like the vipers it's not as funny anymore when you bring it up remember how funny it was the first time though oh if yeah. i could have that laugh of the first time again <laughs> oh they fit it in they they managed to, <laughs> to work it back in there yeah. at the end um but yeah like you said it's a, it's a good scene with melfi about like he's He's safe. He's fine. No one thought he'd be fine, and he was. But the the shine's gone off the apple a bit, and it took almost the whole season. Although the recovery took a lot of that as well. So yeah, um, yeah. Polly just keeps calling to ask about his cancer. He's not uh, concerned about Bobby very much. He just wants to hear about that. But he does run into his aunt, let's say, or the person who raised him, and uh, she's there on a visit. Um, so they do say, he, she says that your yeah. brother's trying to work out an arrangement or whatever. We talked about this. Who's paying for it? Is it, is Polly paying for it or not? What do you think seeing this? Thing? Yeah, I guess it does throw, it, it throws a monkey wrench in my theory. Cause I thought he was collecting for, from Bar Barone and paying for it. Uh, but I guess probably not now. I mean, maybe if she's still there and they're still trying to work something out, maybe he's still helping out a little bit, but, uh, this does throw a monkey wrench in my theory. Hmm. But yeah, he doesn't. He he does ask like, "Are oh, you still there, huh?" But I don't know. I feel like he would do that even if he was secretly paying for it or whatever. Yeah. Um, and she says, "Oh, they're very kind." But I feel like I don't remember. But I, I this is Green Grove, right? She's in Green Grove. I'm pretty. Yeah, it's Green Grove. And I feel like they wouldn't be that kind and caring and considerate about it, you know? Um, so maybe she just thinks that and he's actually paying for it. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, you know what? That does Maybe that does pull a monkey wrench out of my theory because, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. It's not like Green Grove would be accommodating. It's a $4,000 a month fucking place. If they have no, someone's not paying, they're going to take that bed. That's, that's four Gs. And it would make sense that... Uh, yeah, it would. They would kind of spin a little yarn because he wouldn't want her to know that he is taking care of it. Uh, so maybe my theory's back in play. But either way, he's still mad at her. But she kind of plays into. I mean, I guess it explains a little bit of why Polly is the way he is because it's the lady that raised him. Not that she did a bad job, but she starts bringing up like you know, you cursed your mother, who's a nun, and you didn't get the hat. <laughs> I forget if she brings up the hat or not, but she kind of implies that like. It, you know, uh, he may have brought some bad stuff on himself, like not knowing that he's waiting on this potential prostate cancer news. 
Uh, yeah, no, and... it's it's true. She brings, she says, you let them go without his hat yeah. and uh, and everything. And like you cursed your mother, a blessed nun. And I didn't bring you up like that. And he goes off and say, you brought me up like a fake and so on. Um, but yeah, so it's it's i mean this scene obviously isn't nice but it's nice to see the later scene even if they're both kind yeah. of uh not the most moral people you've ever met or the most kind or the the yeah they're, they're kind of <laughs> annoying uh but yes oh they might deserve each other um so we get to the bachelor party little carmine's there and every time he's around i'm just kind of like I'm just gonna pretend like there wasn't a big war where like you were killing people and they were yeah. killing people. No, it's fine. It's fine. Now. Don't worry. Uh, so yeah, he stepped. He did step down. You know, got to give it to him. He realized that was not where his talents lay, but it's still like weird. Uh, Paulie shows up. Um, and he's not. I guess I was almost reading like like kind of everyone was given the cold shoulder because they didn't quite embrace him and laugh at his like dumb joke. But there's obviously clear. Uh, beef with him and Bobby because they're kind of giving each other the eye. Uh, Bobby decides he's got to go home. You know, hey, the kids, I uh, got to leave. Um, Artie's there, but he's just talking about the food. People are concerned. About, like People are interested in the specials, so maybe Artie's kind of turning things around behind the scenes from when we last saw him. Uh, then we have uh, Polly and Tony in the bathroom, and Tony's telling them, look, you got to settle this thing with Bobby. Uh, Polly's getting a little mouthy about... You know, the church needs their peace. Everyone needs their peace. This used to be back in your father's day. It was a cash cow. Uh, not to mention it's putting a lot of money in your pocket. Uh, and he yeah. has to quickly apologize and kind of fill Tony in on the situation he's dealing with, uh, with potentially getting a biopsy and maybe having prostate cancer. This does feel like the fifth conversation of this type that I've had, that I've seen between Polly and Tony, where Tony, like Paulie's acting weird, and Tony's like, "You got what? You, you got to get your head in the game. What are you doing? What are you? Why are you so acting so weird?" And he's like, "Found out my mother's not my mother, or I had a biopsy, or I went to go see a a, a medium, or whatever." And it's it's always something with Paulie. And if Tony, it wasn't for well, I was gonna say Tony even kind of calls that out too. But yeah, go, yeah, go, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, he does, and which is you know makes it better and i i just felt like if it wasn't for the ending that we get to here it would be a bit like oh re trotting this ground eh but it's obviously it does make sense because we were trying to bring him back together with his mother and everything so uh so it does make sense but i was kind of like yeah i got on tony's side here like get your <laughs> shit together Polly. but then things just keep happening to him don't they well, I love that um, because Tony's just trying to calm him down with facts and logic once again, where he's like, you know, it's a biopsy, nine times out of ten, everything's fine. And I love how he says, don't go working yourself up into a state like you do. And then Paulie's yeah. even like, I don't know, Tony, I'm having these headaches. And <laughs> he's really kind of getting into it. Uh, yeah. And I mean, Tony even says something like, you know, you're susceptible to like the psychics and all this other stuff. Yeah. And it's like, you need yeah, to kind of calm down. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a great back and forth. And I do like that Polly can confide in Tony with some of these things when it comes to it, even if he does yeah. it in his own Polly Walnuts type of way. Um, but then, yeah, then we got back in the basement, uh, Chris, uh, Chris shows up, Tony's there putting up the wine. Chris sold his, he says 300. So he just sold it for like 300 bucks. Is that what he's saying? 
I mean, I guess... I don't follow it. I, it. It seemed like it, which seemed like he sold his for, like, nothing. Yes. Just 300 for five cases, which is not a lot at all. I mean, um, I guess that's 300 from nothing. They didn't have to do much except uh, kind of risk their lives, but... <laughs> Uh, but I, those are I'm I, like they said they're wood boxes, Jim. Surely the wine <laughs> yes. is worth more than three hundred, right? Yeah, I mean unless you're getting three hundred each, maybe, but I don't know. But I, maybe it's even a statement on how like because Tony, care. He yeah, care. he doesn't care. It's it's you know Tony is like reliving this moment over and over again. He's loving it, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and yeah, we get another you know Tony gets to do the Vipers thing, and I'm I'm even getting the impression that Chris is kind of just giving it a fake laugh at this point. Uh, he's just kind of humoring him, but maybe that's just me reading. Uh, that's interesting. I, I had a slightly different read on yeah. the whole scene where I felt like Christopher's kind of showing up to talk about nothing. He says, like, I put in a heater there or whatever. Guys were complaining. Like, why is he actually there? I felt like it was, you know, him and Tony in the restaurant. That was, And after the restaurant, that was a special moment of them, like... Yeah saying they loved each other and remembering tough times and everything they've been through. And then he's in a car with a junkie and he's like inviting him for Christmas dinner. And like we talked about, he doesn't have any friends and he's just done this thing, which it would be really, um, I mean, I don't know if it would end well, but he should confront the fact that he's done that and be open with Tony. And this is just an example of how he's not open with Tony about what's going on. So in that way, it's a contrast to the earlier scene in the basement, the flashback. Um, so I just kind of read it as he's there because he doesn't have anywhere else to go. Uh, he doesn't. Well, he just he has his you know budding family, but I mean Tony has his family as well, and I felt like they were both trying to relive this moment um uh, that he was just as much like you know laughing along with it even if it's a fake laugh it's like he's laughing for his own his own remembrance of it too yeah they're both chasing the ride they're both looking for the ride again (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) yeah yeah no i like that yeah i think that makes sense we have paul uh, we have paulie tossing and turning and we get another we get a good old call back to three o'clock uh, yeah. If you remember, that was very important to Paulie <laughs> back in the day. Uh, and I assume what? So he sees it's three o'clock and he tries to call the doctor because <laughs> it kind of like cuts to him. It looks like it's still in the middle of the night. And they're like, is this yeah. an emergency? And he's like, of course it is. Uh, it's not really an emergency. I mean, I, personally, yes, that's an emergency. You want to get your biopsy results. But what the, co- the his regular doctor's out of town. Uh, he doesn't need to talk to the new one. He has to go meet the guy, like the Pittsburgh or Philly guy, at the Bing the next morning. We get a quick, quick shot of uh, the Virgin Mary <laughs> on the yeah. uh, on stripper pole, basically, or like floating on the stage. He has a vision, um, and you know, back in the day, you used to start a, like a splinter religion based off shit like this. Uh, but I feel like he's just gonna give Bobby some money. That's like the extent of what this is gonna do, because it's just such a reflection of what Tony said that you're susceptible to these things. Because um, yeah, it's obviously in his mind, and it's like a rock chord playing when he sees it too. Uh, well, and pretty, the thing pretty effective. The thing I didn't know. I'm mean, speaking of reflection. The thing I didn't notice is when he walks in before it shows it, the reflection is in the mirror behind him of the uh, the Virgin Mary. So it's kind of creepy. That is creepy. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we get a quick cut and yeah, a quick like rock riff plays, which is nice. Uh, and then it kind of cuts back and there's no one there. Um, and yeah, he has the, he, we do another shake hands with the guy we saw earlier. We see uh, St. Alzier. We're back at the carnival. 
Bobby and Tony and Karma there. Um, oh yeah, this is when the baby still wants to ride again. And yeah, uh, and at this point, I, I guess she is interpreting the will of the baby correctly because she's like trying to go to it or whatever. Um, because before, like I said, he, she didn't. The baby didn't care about her <laughs> yeah. brother being on the ride. But yeah, she does want to go on the ride, and uh, Tony fixes it where no one else can. He picks her yeah. up and spins her around, and I don't know. It's an interesting moment from you know where Tony is. The episode really isn't about him. It feels like it's just him sort of looking at these things from the outside. Um, but yeah, he's 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 willing enough to be uh, to be the ride for all of his contempt for. For people standing in lines for them he's still willing enough to pick up the baby spin it around yeah yeah um and then yeah the scene here at the at the end when Polly goes to see his mo- mother it is great uh you know like you said they're shitty people like Polly especially um but it's kind of a it's, it's a touching moment for this poor lonely guy and he kind of just goes in and has to sit with his well ma slash aunt I'm gonna say his ma She's no matter yeah. what she raised him. That's his ma. Doesn't matter. Uh, Doesn't matter whether it's biologically his mother or not. That's his ma. Too bad about the size of the TV, though. If only she had a bigger TV, right? <laughs> yeah. And also, if there, only there was something better on. There's like a polka show. Here's a bit of Norwegian flavor. And it's. I guess it's like. I guess they went like, what is the least interesting thing that could possibly be on TV? And. Polly just sits and stares at it with her. Doesn't even want any cookies. Well, it's great contrast because last time she had a nicer TV and it was playing Gilmore Girls on it. Ha, ah, the streak <laughs> is alive. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> so uh, we will stop when you all watch it. Okay, I know you haven't all watched it. Just go watch. You'll like it. <laughs> and um, and yeah, the. Uh, 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 Polly here gets to I'm, I'm spacing on the the actor's name um uh Tony Tony Sirico um he gets to do a lot with a little here like cause, I mean I, I'm not sure if he's like the most amazing dramatic actor but uh you know the scene plays out really well and you pick up a lot we do see that kind of the leaves blowing in the wind I don't know if that's a direct callback to again like we're always seeing the leaves uh with death or whatever uh, but you know it's there I forgot about the leaves and death. I, I just remember the eggs. What's the leaves and death thing? Well, more so, well, not so much leaves, but like the trees blown in the wind. Like when um, right. Tony was in, uh, about to go in the inn at the Oaks. And then we cut to it again when he's enjoying like being out when he's back home. Uh, then it cuts to, it has that great cut where it's Polly yeah. beating up her own. Uh, well, with, with that in mind, I look back at the scene's last episode with Vito uh, riding his bike through the trees <laughs> yes, and yeah, the wind, yeah. and there's, they're literally like fucking on the leaves by the lake. So there you go. Yeah, he's he's probably a dead man, but we'll <laughs> see. We'll see, and so will you, dear listener, as we progress through season six here. Coming, so uh, you've told me this before, but do we know when the like the split is between part one and two of season six? I believe episode twelve. I feel like yeah, we talk about this all the time. Maybe not always on air, but I think afterwards I, we're like, how many have we got left in this season six? Yes, a? I, I just checked, and it is twelve episodes. Okay. Um, so we just have a few left, and it'll be interesting to see if it will be like a traditional season finale or what have you. Um, either way, I'm very much looking forward to seeing where it goes. It is scary in a weird way or horrifying that there's so little left really (laughs) like it strikes me sometimes when we have episodes that 
I wouldn't say it doesn't focus on the main plot. It obviously does, but I'm also like, the I'm soon gonna have a full understanding of what The Sopranos is. Mm. And that's weird. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's yeah. really strange because um, it's been a long time this uh, not knowing and discussing it and going over it. So uh, yeah, that's to look forward to. Yeah, because I think from here we basically have twelve episodes left, like total. Right. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, three in this season 6A or season 6 going into season 7, however you want to gauge it. So, mm. yeah, we're in the home stretch, people. Uh, we're in the end game now. Very good. Yeah. I yeah. wish I had a good end game reference to pull there. But uh, either way, uh, if you want to pull an end game reference in relation to our podcast, feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We very much appreciate those. And you can always spread the word to anyone interested in The Sopranos. We will soon have a full catalog. Uh, so for anyone who wants to you know, speed through, or if you've seen The Sopranos so many times, you already know every single move, you'll be able to pick out your favorite episodes from the whole range very soon. Um, and even more people will have an opportunity to do that if you go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Thank you very much for those. Yes, absolutely. And uh, there's just one more thing left to say. Oh, that you can find a plethora of other interesting shows at showswhatyouknow.com and also yep. uh, listen to your other podcasts, Jim and Them, at jimandthem.com yep. and that I have content available at awesomepedia.org as well. Was that it, Jim? Well, that's part of it. But the main thing is cut to black. <laughs> 